welcome back to another episode of Like Dragon Like Son. My name is Jay Oatway. And my name is Jack Oatway. And this is a father-son podcast talking about Dungeons and Dragons. And that's right. And, and a lot of people maybe are intimidated at first by approaching Dungeons and Dragons um, because there's math involved. Yeah, yeah. And, but sometimes it's easy to get over that fear because the the little clickety-clack math rocks that we get are so shiny and nice and they're fun to roll. Mm. And although there is math, if we're being honest, most of the time, 90% of the time, if you're interacting with math, it's basic addition. Yeah, yeah. Mostly addition, sometimes subtraction. Let's hope we don't have too much subtraction. Sure, let's try and avoid subtraction. Um, if, if you don't know what we're talking about, in the game of Dungeons & Dragons, you're only subtracting if somehow you've got a negative modifier, which we work pretty hard to make sure our characters don't end up with well, more than maybe one stat that has a negative modifier. Mm, that's um, always fun, though. I always love a character with a negative modifier. Yeah, it's always fun where you're like, oh, I rolled a natural one. Minus one. That's zero. That's uh, that's a fun scenario. Um, of course, sometimes D&D's math goes a little bit beyond that. And so in part of what I've been looking at at some of my own you know, math studies and that I have to do for my own work, and but also just a general curiosity of, for the mechanics of the game. Now, we often talk about the role play elements and the storytelling elements. We do. This episode is going to be a bit of a different tone. So if your it is. brain's not ready for mathematical numbers. Well, we're going to make it easy for you. We're going to well, like exactly. it. We're going to help you slide into this. Yeah. And and in a way that hopefully gives you a little bit more confidence and appreciation when the DM says, "Okay, I need to make you need to make a, an ability check for that or whatever." And you can think, "Okay, I get to roll with advantage or disadvantage or what is that going to mean mm. sort of statistically for me rolling two dice is that better is that yeah. worse and that's really what I think mostly we want to look at today uh, math wise is the is two I guess the comparison of two things what does rolling advantage with advantage really give you on the dice um, and is that better or worse than say having a flat bonus uh, particularly in terms of when we're attacking something mm. if we're going to assume throughout this episode that we you don't maybe or at least every listener has a basic understanding of what things like advantage or disadvantage or yeah so rolling with advantage is rolling mm. 2d20 uh yeah. and you get to choose the highest number of the two disadvantage is the other way around where you roll twice take the lowest right um, and so you, mm. on the surface you think well maybe the the odds i mean they can't they don't change that much i get two rolls i can still roll two ones right right um statistically speaking though when you start to look into it rolling two ones is is highly abnormal well yeah because here's what's going to happen because you get to choose which number you choose on the die you want to take of the two numbers that come up mm -hmm. something kind of interesting statistically happens is that you would only choose a number one if there was another number one that came up mm -hmm. that's the only situation in which you would choose that and when you work out how many times that can happen, it's only one in 400. Mm. That two ones good that you'll end up being able to choose a one. And a one in 20 is a lot more statistically likely than a one in 400. Yeah. So, yeah, exactly. So you'd have a 5% chance if you rolled a, uh, just a single D20, uh, and you'll have a 0.25% chance of rolling getting a one if you roll with advantage. So nat one on with advantage is pretty unlikely not impossible i've seen it happen i've seen it happen on live streams i've seen it happen at my own table um it is it is doable uh and um 
And I suppose that's the the exciting thing about D and D is because you know the, even the the long odds come sometimes come in. Yeah, when uh, you've been playing long enough, that one in four hundred is eventually going to come. Right? Shows up. Um, but what is this? So, what, for what reason would we perhaps be analyzing or comparing advantage with a, sure. a static bonus? Right. Well, I suppose the question is like, is how this little distribution curve changes. If I'm rolling one dice, right, and I'm adding, say the best the best modifier, the best magical modifier I can to that dice, right, which is a plus three. Mm-hmm. Magic weapons don't come more than plus three. If they have, they're probably homebrew. Right. And and this is for reasons of something called bounded accuracy of trying to keep kind of the game under control, not too many bonuses that start blowing it out of the water uh, too to much. hit, and the um, chances then yeah. of hitting become too likely or whatever. Exactly. Right? But it, interestingly, advantage does really skew the odds of hitting something. Hmm. Normally when you roll the d20, assuming you're with your bonuses that you have to attack you know from your proficiency bonus and your ability modifier um and given that the cr creature that you're fighting is appropriately sort of gauged for your party you probably only need a 10 or 11 plus your modifier to to hit the thing so you got a roughly about a 50 50 chance of of hitting a creature with this with in that sort of situation Mm. but if you roll with advantage suddenly rolling 10 or better is 80 percent of the dice rolls that are going to come up it's crazy right right so that's like four out of every five attacks you're going to make with advantage are going to hit hmm um, so that's that's a significant uh, improvement uh, when you're just when you're fighting sort of average creatures. Uh, now, even if they're a bit tougher AC wise, and say you know suddenly you're going to need I don't know something higher on the dice rolls, like say a 15 uh, to hit it, which I can't imagine what this would be. Mm. Um, but say you've got you know your modifiers to hit, it's like plus six or something. So we're talking about AC 21 pretty tough creature to hit or something that's small and fast they usually have high acs as well that's right um well now you're you're still at 51 percent chance of hitting with advantage just because of the way that those dice rolls skew much much higher so rolling with advantage if you can do it in the game and there's a number of ways you can get it often you know flanking provides you with an with advantage or if uh if you're a rogue and you take the Mm. the aim feature or there's a number of different ways that you can go about um gaining advantage and by doing so then your chance of of hitting creature greatly increases uh and you were then doing some math on the various classes what they did sort of damage wise based on sort of an average damage that is determined by how likely they are to hit Mm. I mean, it, it's not really applicable in, in real life. It's like for my own statistical sort of analysis, you have to kind of factor in that if you miss, you're doing zero damage. It's not a right. sliding scale, right? But yeah. of course, I approach it as if it is a sliding scale. So let's say AC 19, you've got a plus nine to hit. 
Well, let's say you got a plus eight, and then it truly makes it a 50-50, right? Is it 11 or above or 10 or lower, right? You've got a 50-50. Um, in that sense, you'd almost, like, it, it, you'd have to half the average damage in your calculations, even though, realistically, the average damage would either be all of it or none of it. Yeah. You kind of have to factor in think, the chance that you know, you're if, maybe if you you're cruise around the internet, people do this a lot when they're they're trying to build optimized builds. Mm -hmm. They work out the statistical, you know, idea of of damage per round um, based on using the same percentage, right? Calculating the damage at well, if I'm going to hit seventy five percent of the time, I'll just do seventy five percent of the damage is what our average would be. Yeah. And again, the real D and D, <laughs> I've gone. I've got entire combats, like five rounds, missing miss, every miss, round, miss. Yeah. Um, which it just is terrible. Mm. Um, but I've also had games where it's been the opposite, and I've hit every turn as well. So, um, you know, it, your your mileage varies on it. But using the average damage uh, output, it's, you know, it's a good way to sort of have a little look at, you know, is your... Is your character build mm -hmm. something that is designed to turn out damage? And if it is, if that's kind of your role, and you know, we have talked a lot about the different roles you can play. Let's face it, one of the roles in D and D is is dealing damage. Yeah. It's part of the game. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, there's you could even think about it again. Are there combat roles and non combat roles? I think arguably so. Um, I mean, non-combat roles could look like things like certain skill checks that everyone would cover. But in terms of at the table, some people, I, I mean, I've, I've even seen a recent couple of Reddit posts being like, you know, God, I don't I don't engage with combat. I'm I'm purely, you know, I just want conflict systems, not combat. I'm like, OK, but I mean, there's I think there's a, a time for me for that. I mean, I'm, it's cool that I, I see that sort of discussion happening, but. If we are playing a game that have combat rules and all these classes and choices we make, they all, frankly, aren't like they are there for combat, not for a whole lot else, except for maybe some, you know, more flavorful utility style options, right? That players get creative with, um, and so it's it's very much so that's the case. I mean, you think, is there the sorcerer, the wizard who's got that big AOE fireball, or are you that barbarian that makes one single target, big swing, with advantage, do a bunch of damage, and your turn? Yeah, and, and and if you are that one, then you, this is the sort of thing you want to start thinking about. You want to start thinking about how do I get advantage on my attack rolls? Mm. Um, how do I increase my average damage per round? It's kind of your job. Yeah, and I, I want to kind of dispel the conception that more dice is the only way that you can do more damage, right? There's so many ways that, I mean, at least there's sort of my look at things, that average damage increases, right? To hit chance is a, a bigger factor than we take account for, right? In addition to classes that get multiple attacks, I mean, these are... It, the Rogue, although it has a, a high ability to do a lot of damage with a single sneak attack, and of course, then there's all the critical hits, the double dice and that concept, right? But the fact that they are limited to one attack per round seriously stunts them in some of the later aspects of the game where other classes are now dishing out multiple attacks in one round. And, and especially if you have multiple attacks, that to hit chance becomes extra important. Yeah. Because and you really you really start to see your average then. All of them. Yeah. Right. And you really do see the average starting to play out. If you're a fighter mm. in a round, and you're you're dropping four attacks, you can and you know that you're gonna hit fifty percent of the time or seventy five percent of the time, you can actually kind of see that. I'm like, oh yeah, two or three of my four hits attacks will come in. Mm. Where with the rogue, 
if you're like, okay, yeah, I've got 75%, it's like, okay, well, that's going to be three out of the four rounds, maybe. Um, but again, this is D&D, so it actually might be more like two out of eight, and they could be the last two rounds of eight rounds of combat before it came up. Yeah. Um, so yeah, look, it, it, having more chances to roll dice at the table increases your likelihood of doing damage. It's true. More attacks, the more likely you are to hurt something. Hmm. Um, so yeah, the fighters, fighters with extra attacks, and barbarians with extra attacks, rangers with extra attacks, paladins with extra attacks, monks with extra attacks. As much as the monk gets flack for being yeah. underpowered with their focused aim feature, which a lot of people I think ignore, and of course that is again demandant upon the ever limited resource of key, their to hit bonus can really break bounded accuracy. Sure. You can give yourself with a meager three key points a plus six bonus to your damage rolls, which is. Oh, sorry, to your attack rolls, which is, in most scenarios, a plus 30% chance to hit, mathematically speaking, um, which is definitely not yeah. insignificant. So, and this is an interesting thing as well, then. So now, shifting gears a little bit. So having a big plus six or a plus three from a weapon or something like this, it changes the equation in a different way. Yeah. So because bounded accuracy has been sort of baked into the game design where you can't really get too much above what the uh, appropriate CR rating is that having something that's something that gives you an extra 15% chance to hit means that you can suddenly start doing extraordinary things that advantage normally wouldn't let you do. Mm -hmm. So if you come up against a creature that's above the sort of average level that your party might be suitable for, and, and why not? You can find big bads. And so suddenly you come across something that's AC is or hit points are much greater. Uh, it's got an armor class perhaps of 23. Mm -hmm. And now having more, yeah, this is maybe even because you could still hit 23 with most characters that have got a plus bonus of something. Well, they've got a slight chance. Right. Yeah, I mean, but again, a slight chance. Most so on a straight level, on a straight level on a straight roll at a low level. yeah. So you would need seventeen or better probably. For a lot of low level characters, that's what you'd be looking um, at. Yeah, I mean, even until you're maybe about level nine, you're probably not going to see much above plus eight. Mm. So it's still the the chances though aren't great on that. And, but you're not going to find much AC above twenty three, right? So. For sure. Um, that's sort of your top end of, of monsters and creatures. There's For a most, few that there's a threshold then that there's goes a, into a whole there's other a league, few but. legendary type things. But you know, you're again, if the DM's dropping that on the table, he's trying to kill you, or tell a story. Maybe it's really time to not attack and and to you know listen and talk. Mm, yeah. <laughs> um, but say you're trying to fight something with an AC of 23, and you've only got plus six to hit, so you're now 17, as what you need to roll. Mm -hmm. Uh, but that plus three weapon, well, that changes it down, drops it down to fourteen now, right? Yeah. Uh, that's a that that suddenly, I mean, even on a straight roll, seems great. But if you change that to advantage, you've now got a fifty-seven point eight percent chance of hitting the thing. That's like, that's that's super easy. Like the the plus swords when combined with advantage are are amazing. Um, and outside of combat, sometimes things that give you bonuses to ability checks and things like that, um, when you get to roll something like guidance, which doesn't feel like very much, 
that plus four potential bump can put you way outside of what someone of your caliber would normally be capable of. Um, you know, rolling a 20 can become a 24 suddenly, uh, which is amazing. Yeah, well, that's the unique thing. With advantage, you can't really get above 20. Of course, all characters will have their bonuses, but if you're rolling two dice, there's still only 20 faces on that die. Yeah. For that plus three, if you roll a 20, you're still going to be able to do better than that, right? Yeah. Um, which is the unique aspect of the yeah. bonus, which can supersede the faces on that d20. So, yeah, it's it really um advantage really changes things in terms of your putting stuff in your favor um but you know nobody's going to nobody's going to hate having a plus three weapon it's also true but also as a dm like i don't know i've always been reluctant to give out plus three weapons in fact i don't think in fifth edition i've ever given out a plus three weapon well, it's a high-tier item. It's often legendary, right? It almost always is. And I'm wondering now, actually, that we're looking at this statistically and what players have to hit, chances to hit and stuff anyways. Um, yeah, I mean, it gives them another 15% chance of hitting on a straight roll, which is crazy. But, you know, just make the, make the monsters, you know, uh, make all attacks against them at, the, at disadvantage. Yeah. Uh, and then suddenly, then it's not so big deal. Um, I don't know. There is other ways you can, if you're really worried that you've handed out a Vorpa weapon and you shouldn't have. Um, well, yeah, I mean, we've, we have episodes on revoking magic items if you've, you've gone a little bit too far in ways but, that don't feel too um, retconny. Yeah. But I, I don't think actually that plus three weapon is as worrisome as maybe I, I used to. And. As I'm actually even thinking through it, just right now I'm thinking maybe I should, maybe it's high time I handed out that that old Vorpal weapon, the old Vorpal sword. Yeah, it's a classic. I mean, they have a, a sentient one in um, Wild Beyond the Witchlight mm. that's, I think, out to kill the Jabberwock. Snickersnack. I think that's its whole purpose. Yeah, it's isn't, isn't that its name even, perhaps? I think it is called Snickersnack. Yeah. That's a fun one. Um. Um, and you could make, yeah, take these, if you're like a boring, you know, Vorpal Sword, whatever weapon that you've seen a million times in your whatever shows or DMs guide, make, just give it a sentient weird goal yeah. that's besides perhaps its traditional because role in storytelling. I, I, again, for listeners who may not be aware, you know, you can actually use a sentient weapon, which players think, hey, look at me, I've got this cool smart sword. Um, it, it can actually possess those who have attuned to it. It's a fun it, idea. It, uh, you know, they get to roll and make a, uh, a, a, saving a wisdom or, or charisma saving throw. Sure. Um, but then, uh, yeah, if they fail that, then the weapon launches them into a combat that perhaps they don't want to be involved in. Uh, that's often like something I try to catch players with early on when they get the sun sword in Curse of Strahd and they, they come across Strahd early on. The sun sword will definitely try to attack and kill him and wants to possess a player. So they have to struggle not to make that happen because clearly engaging with something way above your your station too early is is dangerous but um but yeah uh, it's less dangerous i guess is what we're saying if you're fighting with advantage always try to get advantage it really changes your odds um try not to end up with disadvantage because it flips it completely on its head your chance of getting a, a 20 uh with disadvantage is exactly one in 400 so 
Yeah. Unlikely. But how exactly do we get advantage on attack rolls? This is another fun thing to start. At least maybe I've got a couple things open here on some quick, easy ways that you can try and get advantage on your turn. Now, Rogue with their hide already has a way to try and get it, and we'll get to that whole unseen rule in a second. But they also have a class feature called Steady Aim, yeah, which is Steady from Aim is great. Tash. But Tasha's you don't get to move with base it, features. Exactly. As a bonus action, you give yourself attack roll uh, advantage on your next attack roll. Only if you haven't moved, and then it sets your speed to zero for the rest of the turn. So and I think that that was ta- that was like made official in Tasha's. I think mm-hmm. I like it a lot. I yeah, use it all rule. the time. Barbarians gain their reckless attack, perhaps yep. one of the signature features. Which at any time when you attack, you can give yourself advantage. Except that it also gives all the enemies advantage against you, which is the classic, my favorite kind of tanky way to deal with that. Um, there are moments where. D&D's whole design system is, is elegant in the way it blends storytelling with um, mechanics, and that's one of my favorites. Um, Ranger gains some new features. I, they don't have a lot of things giving them advantage in attacks, but there are some unique things they can do, especially in the optional rules. Um, they have a new optional feature, I believe, which lets them vanish in sight, which gives them just basically instant invisibility as a bonus action. And we'll, again, we'll get to what hidden hiding does because it's one of the easiest ways any character can try and approach gaining advantage on their attack roll um there's a potion of advantage from well beyond the witch light as well that if you're introducing that vorpal sword maybe also introduce a potion of advantage um the little flavor text there is this potion takes the form of a sparkling golden mist that moves and pours like water which after drinking it gives you advantage on one roll within the next hour um in combat, uh, there's unseen attackers and targets. So when you attack a target that you can't see, you have a disadvantage on the attack roll. So if you can't see them, disadvantage. That's a yep. base rule. This is true whether you're guessing the target's location or you're targeting creature you can hear but not see. If they're invisible, for example. Yeah. If the target isn't in the location you targeted, you automatically miss. The DM typically just says that the attack missed, not whether you guess the target's location correctly. That's a fun little tidbit. Sometimes people aren't sure how to deal with invisibility. That's a, a that little rule there. And when a creature can't see you, you have advantage on attack rolls against you uh, against it. That's right. If you are hidden, both unseen and unheard, when you make an attack. You give away your location when the attack hits or misses, so you can't just stay hidden all the time unless once you, you fire a shot. Unless you get the skulker feet, That's right. in which case if you miss, you stay hidden, which is nice. Mm. But if you hit, of course. And it also lets you hide in easier places to hide. Mm. So hiding, again, I know I think we've been over this before. I'll go over it again. Hiding is not invisibility. You actually have to have something to hide behind um, unless there's something that heavily obscures the area that you're in, like fog or darkness mm. um but again there's a drawback to that because typically in fog or darkness you can't see what you're attacking as a fighter you can take blind fighting which gives you a way out on that mm. um if you have dark vision and the things that you're fighting in the dark do not have dark vision then hey you now have unseen attacker advantage which is pretty cool um nice. so yeah if you get your whole party with with races with dark vision and it's not that hard to do today because i mean almost it's given to everybody um yeah try to go up against baddies in the dark i mean yeah why not? Y- you should have advantage in all your attack rolls well unless they also have dark vision. yeah w- in which case whatever yeah. um and here's the other thing if you're all in the dark and none of you can see in the dark it's all straight rolls 
true. Because they're, while you might be unseen, you can also not see them, and there's an advantage dice and a disadvantage dice, and it's cancelled out, which also means then that Reckless Tax gets cancelled out, and Steady Aim gets cancelled out, and a whole it's bunch of other things get... a little get unfortunate, because darkness it means is none of the party can get advantage on anything, but it also means that the party can't gain disadvantage on anything, exactly. which is very nice. So, sometimes, yeah, the idea of using darkness to to nullify an enemy's when you think the baddies are going to have advantage over you and if you caught the math at the beginning of this there is significant power in advantage it's not just an extra d20 it really means there's probably a four in five chance that they're going to hit you or they at least get over 10 i mean characters with high ac might have yeah, uh, maybe it's, if your paladin might have a slightly better chance of getting away with it, but anything with an AC of 16 or less is going to get squished. It's true. Um, so, yeah, don't let things have advantage on you. It'd be better to have straight rolls, better to fight in the dark mm -hmm. than letting the baddies have advantage on you. Two other ways that you can gain advantage commonly is with the help action which i think is now considering these statistics perhaps criminally underrated yeah i know right i had a character that did that so much just helping out and changing a fighter's odds like this so that their number of attacks that they land goes up by that that extra you know 25 percent that means their average damage output has increased by that much that is a significant boost possibly more damage you know from a fighter than than you know your you know whatever character build you've done you know might be able to do so look i don't know there's a lot of math in this that you could sit down and compare i, I can't say that for every build because you could easily have two high damage outputting you know characters mm. and one of them using the help action wouldn't improve the situation but if you've got something else that's built for more utility and for healing and for things like that which is great uh and that they're taking the help action that can actually make your fighter your martial classes uh even better than they were before so yeah uh, and, and make up for your lack of damage output it's true not sometimes not even your biggest damage role itself is is the biggest component i mean obviously it's important but without that good to hit chance you're gonna have a frustrating time being unable to purchase any damage on a creature at all so it's important to keep a balance yeah. there a few other ways you can gain advantage is with the optional rule of flanking which i use at my table yeah i don't even think um, it's so optional anymore i, I think it is a, a technically a an optional rule yeah I, I i play with it as standard i think it's good practice uh, essentially the idea is that if players are standing directly opposite mm -hmm. both sides of a monster can't be funny weird diagonals that almost seem yeah it's great it's great for those of us who use tactical maps for uh, grids yes for theater of the mind it can be a little bit more challenging although i don't think it's necessarily impossible no you can definitely because because you know you've got movement still mm -hmm. so you can just say to the dm i just move around so that i'm opposite so and so mm -hmm. and unless somebody else is actually in that space specifically it said the turn before you oh i move so i'm opposite so and so well then you obviously you can't move into the same space but um yeah apart from that i mean you there's definitely if you're if you can good at narrating your scene yeah why not and that gives both people advantage on the attack rolls against that creatures they're surrounding them um some other ways to gain advantage are his oh, idea yeah, though by okay. the way uh, and i have played this at a table as well with a dm where we had cinematic advantage mm -hmm. if your players are pretty good at describing their actions and again can narrate more that you know i 
I run, you know, towards the wall, the wall parkour off of it and then jump onto the monster's back, plunging my, you know, dagger into it. And then you roll. Um, the DM was like, oh, yeah, that's cool. Roll with advantage. And it was pretty, like, generous about granting cinematic advantage. It's a bit more of an immediate um, inspiration system, which the idea is you reward that kind of roleplay earlier so that it can be used yeah. for an advantage later down the road and where it's just cutting the middleman out and just giving them advantage. And if you've right? got a table that's that's good at describing their action, usually people that have been DMs and stuff before all playing together, it makes for, I mean, obviously a combat that grinds through monsters really too fast, but um, but also it makes for really fun storytelling. Very heroic you, storytelling. You have a very, yeah, I mean, very heroic parties whenever he's getting advantage like that. Mm. Um, inspiration dice kind of give you an advantage-like system as well. I think base, it's a reroll, but in 1D&D, the new playtest, it is just advantage, I believe, is the way it's flavored. But Yeah, um, but typically that reroll... Actually, it, no, I think it's always just been advantage, but people interpret it in their own way. Yeah, I mean, you... Yeah, it, look, it, typically if you've rolled a number that's pretty low, like, oh, I missed, it was a five, mm-hmm. or I'm going to burn advantage and roll again... I mean, it doesn't matter at this point. You've missed, right? Mm. So if you roll a one to four, then, yeah, you've still basically done that thing. Mm. But, yeah, anything better than the five, you're going to take, which is essentially how advantage works. And so. this is, still applies. I mean, you think about how good rolling two dice and taking the higher is. Silvery Barbs, if you've got advantage and they let you do that, this is a spell that lets you roll again if you fail. Yeah. You get to take the higher of those three dice. I feel like how elven accuracy is extremely good yeah it's not quite some same, people call super advantage super advantage it is immensely high yeah probabilities. and that and that changes the numbers again to a whole nother thing where like your likelihood of getting a 20 becomes like much much higher yeah like significantly higher again and the, again probability of rolling a one is what one in 1600 like, yeah we're eight eight hundred one in eight no one in eight thousand. Like I don't that. know. The, yeah, number I think it's become, one in eight thousand. Yeah, it's yeah. one in eight thousand. It's an immensely small chance that you have to take a one. You know what's the the, the craziest part about silvery barbs is that it turns even something like disadvantage into a triple advantage situation. Yeah, because of the the way the reroll gets to take well, the highest yeah, number. I don't know if that's quite true, but it's it's similar to that where it it almost flips disadvantage yeah. on its head. By letting you take the highest of the rolls, one could make an argument that you interpret it. You roll those two dice. That's one value. The silvery barbs is a different value, right? So you're not of the three dice taking the highest, but instead of that first initial pair taking the lowest, and of your new result taking that like that straight roll, right? Um, I could see that as an interpretation as well, um, if you can picture that in your mind. Any any time that you get to choose a higher number though your odds really really greatly improve on it being a much better higher number so yeah uh all of these things that are in the game that let you let you take advantage silvery barbs is you know i'm thinking about it i also i mean like the help action just huge game changer potentially Mm. um you know if you have familiars particularly owls are really good for this owls get to do this flyby where they don't provoke opportunity attacks, if and yeah. and can do the help action, mm-hmm. um, and so your wizard doesn't get squished because they're staying out of it. Mm-hmm. The owl doesn't get hurt because no opportunity attack against it. Mm-hmm. It does a flyby, it goes in, it goes out. The barbarian or the fighter or the paladin, whatever, stays next to the the thing and then hits it with advantage, 
and and especially oh my goodness the for a paladin you know having this advantage having this like nearly 10 percent chance of rolling a crit and then being able to dump a smite into that mm-hmm. um and then your damage output is just you know crazy through the roof yeah uh or i mean likewise if the rogue is there as well with advantage on their sneak attack and does the same thing um you know nearly nearly one in ten chance of critting with advantage Mm. which is pretty nuts spectacular some other ways to gain advantage is if the person you were attacking is blinded a bit like the whole visibility thing but this is the condition blinded itself that gives anyone attacking them advantage um and that's where that spell actually like really surprisingly comes in underutilized really Mm. if you're invisible that condition just straight up gives you advantage on attack rolls yeah i mean often lesser invisibility ends when as soon as you attack something so Mm. that's paralyzed means any attack roll against them have has advantage and that other little kicker that if you're right next to them any hit becomes a critical hit against someone who's paralyzed making again that any chance to hit increase is also going to be an increase in critical hit which is fun to see um petrified means that attack rolls have against you as well not maybe people glossed over that part of petrified um not that you're probably petrifying people all the time but it's a fun one um prone if they're right next to you they gain advantage as well there's a lot of features you can use to shove someone perhaps you're you know perhaps helping is not what you want to do on your turn maybe you have two attacks but you only want to make one and then you know, the other person also wants to attack. Sometimes, it's just, even if it's not optimal, maybe you want to get a, a hit in or a, a chip in. Um, then you knock them to the ground. Also, reducing the enemy's mobility to get out of there and yeah. giving all your friends who are right next up, their, your melee friends, advantage. Although it will be harming some of the, the ranged Yeah, ranged attackers people. are flipping around, which is unfortunate. But, um, you know, something we haven't mentioned, but I want to talk briefly about and is the advantage on saving throws. Uh-huh. And a number of classes get advantage on saving throws either as, well, sometimes as racial features or sometimes you pick it up as a class feature. And again, I, I think we sometimes don't appreciate how lucky we are. I, instead of having a, a plus bump to your saving throws, which again, I would take any time. Any mm-hmm. bonus to saves is great. Um, it's going to significantly reduce the damage you take by having advantage. You're going to make so many more of the saves uh, than you normally would. That yeah, that you'll you'll stay up. Your survivability will increase enormously mm. um, if you have advantage on a saving throw. It's true, and particularly those are harder to come by. Particularly dexterity and constitution are the ones that really. Oh yeah, I mean, if we're ranking uh, them, deal out the damage. I'd say, I don't know which is more common. I, I'd probably guess dexterity, but I could be wrong there. Constitution, very Dex- common. Yeah. If it's intelli- or sorry, if it's the mind, mental stats, you'd have wisdom is the most common there. True, but wisdom often doesn't do much damage. It's usually a well, charm it can be, or a... It can be devastating, though, in terms of what it can do. It can sure. debilitate a player. It can frighten them. It yeah, can yeah. charm them. It can That's usually distort what their reality. Yeah. Um, that one's very common for a lot of mental effects. Then you'd see intelligence, and then charisma, I believe, is the most rare for the mental ones. And that's usually and overall, a possession too. thing. Um, and strength, despite being a very mundane thing to test, does not come up. Um, like very very often no. you see it if you're trying to perhaps it's make usually, a saving throw against being pushed or yep, pulled or being grabbed not prone or chucked or knocked to the ground yep. um or sometimes you'll see gravitational if you get attacked by wolves effects. they're going to try and when they attack you when they bite you mm-hmm. um they're going to try and pull you prone as well yeah, with is, the strength 
which is when they, and especially if they attack in packs, then it becomes bad because if the first wing knocks you prone, then the yeah. rest of them are attacking with advantage. Well, wolves get advantage if they're pack, pack tactics anyway. So regardless, so. it doesn't matter. But um, yes, they can be, those can be bad scenarios to get in. And you'll start to feel when enemies have advantage against you, especially. I think in this discussion, I think understanding advantage in other aspects of the game makes you realize how good it is in combat. Um, yeah. Because sometimes I think, oh, advantage on attack roll, yeah, that's, that's a basic first-tier level kind of improvement or, mm. or buff I can give someone. It's significant, sure, but it's common, right? Um, where that effect is really, I mean, seeing it in saving throws is much rarer, and that's for a reason, because it it literally dramatically alters your potential of success in a way that perhaps is greater than a lot of, like, to a greater extent than some of us would expect normally. Um, I, I suppose bringing this discussion... Um, Back to some other rapid-fire ways you can gain advantage. Uh, restrained. If you're restraining someone, that's a good way to do it. There's a grapple feat, which lets you restrain people, but you become restrained yourself, which kind of sucks. I think they're fixing that one D&D, though. Yeah, well, they're even saying the new grappler one, if you make attacks while you're grappled, you do so with disadvantage or something? While you are grappled? Yeah, anyways. Well, don't don't worry about don't any worry of these rules. D &D. None of these things are official yet. Stunned. Uh, if someone's stunned, you have advantage against them. If they're unconscious, you have advantage against them. So those are all sort of the conditions... Um, that you can use to your benefit. Yeah. And yeah, <laughs> there's a lot of conditions that, that dole it out. And this is why we say like it advantage feels so commonplace that we sort of think that there's, it's not that big a deal really, is mm -hmm. it? And some people say, oh, it's sort of like having a plus five. Um, it's kind of not, it's kind of actually different than that because of it changes the, the, the likelihood of having a big number. Mm. Um, and that's sort of different than just adding an old bonus of plus five to a one. Yeah. Uh, and a quick tip for rogues and paladins and people who rely on critical hits for their damage, your nightmare scenario is having disadvantage because it makes your situation of critical hitting one in 400, like literally almost yep. never going to, the least likely thing that's going to happen. Yep. Um, so avoiding disadvantage at all costs, even if that is gaining advantage, so that if it disadvantage comes, you can negate it. In, yeah. um, that will be a, a huge boon to making sure you maintain that good critical hit chance that you're looking for. Yeah. And uh, we something you have thought about flanking that we forgot to mention, you can't do conga lines. No, no. If there's a chain, that breaks it. Yeah. So if you got behind somebody and then somebody gets behind you, just like everything else that we're talking about when things cancel each other out, that's a situation that then... Mm. It's done. Nobody gets it anymore. It's over. You ruined it. You ruined it. <laughs> it's for three people only. Uh, yeah. So, uh, yeah, there's some good situations. Um, and yeah, the math is, the math isn't hard. Again, and you don't really have to know it or understand it, like how the probability of all these things work out. But know that it isn't just plus five. Yeah, know that it isn't just that. Like, know that it really does put a finger on the scales and tips it hugely well, um, in favor of the at most it's plus five um but again it's not comparable to that because of the way it it weights yeah. different results like right? you, you yeah you we get everything like i said the fingers are on the scales like it's tipping it towards the high end but not um, in, a, in a way that's just straight up yeah like it like like it, it's 
like a bonus that would make it impossible to get lower results. You can still get lower results, but the way in which it changes it's probabilities uh, uh, is having not, a, it's, it's percentiles, it's decimals. It's having a plus three sword would mean you could never get a one. Yeah. Exactly. Whereas with a, with advantage, you still have a one in 400 chance of getting a, a chance, one. Right? Yeah. The chance is low, but with a bonus, technically the chance is zero. So yeah. it, it's an interesting back and forth kind of argument. And where does, at what point does the statistical bonus become better than an advantage? I think would be an interesting extension to that, right? Yeah. Like if I hand out, if I truly hand out a plus four sword, mm. is that now winning, like your average damage per round, has it truly gone past what advantage has been giving you? Um, plus five. I think plus five sword would, would actually outpace advantage damage. Because here's the other thing with magic weapons. Oh, yeah. Advantage doesn't give you any additional damage. It's true. Where magic weapons do. Very true. A plus five sword increases your like damage by plus five. That's a lot. Mm. Low levels, anyways. Plus three. Usually, by the time you get, if you get a plus three sword, you're probably like top tier, like player, anyways. Like you're like level seventeen character or something. And at that point, you're fighting creatures with so many hit points. The extra three per round doesn't make a lot of difference which is actually why the vorpal sword is so cool because even if you're like it's some sort of legendary creature that you can't just chop off its head if you get that that roll that 20 mm. it does an additional 68 damage it's pretty good that's that's like 30 more points of damage yeah, that's given, real given output it's doubled right it's and, and you just crit it on top of that you're right that's like 60 more points of damage that's real damage baby it's nuts now we're now we're cooking so yeah um, and actually, you know, if you're a DM and you are playing these high level 20th level fights, and I've done a bunch, um, they do get a bit draggy sometimes because the hit point bank on these on things is kind of big. Mm. Um, so yeah, throwing in things in the game that uh, you know, if you get lucky, can like really shorten that combat can actually be fun. Yeah. So I think so too. And a final tip for anyone who's not playing one of the classes I, I mentioned previously or, or doesn't know how to really doesn't have time to, to take the help action or to knock someone prone and wants to just get advantage. There's a little secret little feat you can take. And it's called what's it called? Martial superiority. What's it what's it called? It's it's I don't know the name Martial Adept, I think it's called. Okay, let me look it up. From Tasha's Martial Adept. Martial Adept. And it lets you choose one like little maneuver from the battle master class okay there's a maneuver called fainting attack where you only get one from your feet but as a bonus action you can faint martial adept right next yeah. to you martial right? adept which gives you not only advantage on the attack roll but if the attack hits you do an extra i believe d6 yeah, i don't think it's even touched this it's straight up player's handbook it says mm, i believe you learn two maneuvers of your choice is this... no i don't think this is no, maybe it is. Maybe it is. Maybe so you, right. from the Battlemaster, which was a player's handbook yeah, uh, subclass. Yeah, no, I think you're right, actually. Uh, the maneuver requires you to... Uh, yeah. So there you go. You get to add your superiority die. So what does fainting faint attack do? Fainting attack is, is a bonus action, so it does demand a bonus action. But if you're a fighter okay. or a paladin or whatever, maybe you're you're not using your bonus action as much and you need to use that, especially sure. if you're not a rogue who could aim or hide with this time or use right? an offhand attack yeah choose one creature within five feet if you use your target so it really favors melee builds rangers yep. people or people with range won't be able to benefit from this it gives you advantage on the next attack roll against the uh, that creature this turn so it's not like true strike which right despite giving advantage at the end of the day advantage is not as good as two attacks i think there's 
you're rolling twice and if you hit both with both dice you deal level damage essentially if we're thinking about it that way so technically speaking two attacks i think is always almost always better than one attack attack with with advantage advantage. unless it's got a very high ac and you don't have a very high to hit bonus yeah because then advantage could make the difference there of getting at least one hit in um then fainting attack it not only does it give you advantage but if you hit you get an extra bonus to your damage roll so we mentioned previously that weapons give bonuses to attack and damage rolls well this kind of does too in in a sort of roundabout way um so I know it's a sort of small thing that maybe even you can only do it once per day and it could maybe it's not worth a whole feat. But if you're looking at a way that anyone theoretically at first level could gain advantage, advantage on in any situation they in want, any situation, any one situation, any one situation per day. you want per day, you can give yourself advantage yeah. if you're next to someone. Um, I don't know, just a little thing that came into my, my head. But speaking fighters themselves don't have ways to gain advantage but a lot of their subclasses give them ways now there's the um the arcane archer which i believe has certain things that can kind of alter their abilities to gain uh, another uh way a chance a greater chance to hit with uh, in the form of advantage i know the rune knight gains a lot of advantages on things like saving throws and ability checks um, which is fun. The samurai perhaps is notorious for its third level feature, whereas a bonus action, you don't only gain advantage on one, but all attacks until the end of your current turn. Um, but it's a limited bonus action that you can do that. Also gives you temp HP, which is fun. And then my favorite, fifteenth level. No one will see that if see this, but from samurai, you turn advantage into two attacks, which I I just love as a concept. I think that's very clever as well. So anytime you have advantage, you just attack Once, twice. I believe it's once per turn you can turn that advantage into two attacks like splitting right so if you're if the guy's flanking somebody's flanking a creature and you come up on it you get two and attacks. plus you're a fighter so at 15th level you'll have one two three four with it offhand um, yeah i mean if you don't use fighting spirit offhand strike for five which is getting to really high numbers of attack rolls now so fun stuff there yeah well yeah it's crazy that's 10 so that's 10 attacks then no you can only do it once per turn once per turn but you could action surge um still no, that's once that's your one turn yeah. um, so once per turn you get to split one of that that first attack so you yeah oh that's great yeah i, I think it's a fun little I, i'd like to see that pop up other where, uh in other places as well um but i think that's a clever little one and that goes back to our sort of thinking that mm-hmm. it's better mathematically to have two attacks than just one attack with advantage mm-hmm. matt mercer's gunslinger has dead eye shot which is again a free advantage with your little burnable resource Eldritch Knight, you could take True Strike, but like we said, don't do that. True yeah. Strike is not worth it. Yeah, nobody likes True Strike. Two attacks. If your DM it wants to fix True Strike, you can make it a bonus action spell. That I wonder how that would change things. You know, taking it from that feat, which this immense thing you can do once per day, now you can do it every single turn as a bonus action. I think that could get Break unwieldy. It. Break it quickly. Um, that would just be my my worry. The Echo Knight, of course, you can give yourself a lot of flanking, much easier. Hmm. Um, Maybe make True Strike a higher level spell. Could do that's another option limits it then um, by spell slots cavalier has a mark which gives people um gives you advantage on attack rolls and like we mentioned previously battle master has that so a lot of, um, of course i'm speaking a lot towards the the martial classes i do that primarily because um spellcasters are kind of in a different realm when it comes to what they're thinking about in terms of their spells they're picking and it's usually not advantage right yeah they've got a lot of saving throw spells that they do and gaining advantage doesn't make any sense for them they don't want people to have advantage on those rolls no. at all 
Um, in fact, they won't be able to have disadvantage on their yeah. saving throws. And I, I don't know how you go about creating disadvantage on other creatures' saving throws, but there must there's be a way ways. to do that. Well, there's a lot of conditions, again, that impose disadvantage mm. and things like, I don't know, there's, there's things out there for sure that impose yeah. disadvantage. Um, and that's a whole other exploration and discussion as you, as you sort of look at that. Um, anyway, how many spells out there do things that like give your party advantage on attack rolls? Oh, there's got to be some, right? Definitely a bunch. So, yeah, look, um, if you can, as you explore D&D and as you get into to building things, definitely keep an eye out for anything that gives advantage. It's a big deal. It's a put, Make it a much bigger deal in your mind. When you see it, it really, it really adds a lot. Um, don't sleep on advantage. It's it's real and uh it's something you want thanks for joining us on this episode exploring the mathematical side of yeah. D&D. um sometimes we we geek out like this looking at these perhaps well, and hopefully you know you know the mechanics that you, you get to see that you know when you play D D, there's a there's many different facets to to being a D D player mm. um and it's more than know, just bigger number more dice rocks sure you know but you know Ultimately, what's going to get you the best rolls is having really good-looking dice. That's been proven, I think, yeah. scientifically. So, yeah, if, you, if you've if you been thinking, you know, hey, you know, Christmas is coming. Mm. You know, what should I get for my friends who are, you know, D&D players? New math rocks. What they found, too, is that dice that go to dice jail are typically more likely to go back to dice jail later. Again, because, yeah, they've, because of, they've been... Well, I mean, the truth is there are dice that are... <laughs> because people, like, make really cool dice now that have got in, things called, like, includes or inclusives, thing, things that, like, little, like, items Indents inside, and, inside or, it. Oh, right, right. Of course. So, which means that they're not perfectly evenly weighted. Yeah. So they could actually either be cheat dice... And we could, where the weight is then in the means the 20s come up more often. Well, the thing about that, though, is that usually the 20 and the 2 are right next to each other. So. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, and the dice and 20-sided dice are obviously small. But, anyways, let's assume everybody out there is, is giving uh, fair dice to their players. Mm. And they're at the tables playing fairly. Or if they are playing unfairly, they're not doing so, like, with knowledge. They just, they just bought the dice because they look really pretty. Mm. Uh, so, anyways, go get yourself some nice-looking dice or some heavy metal ones or whatever. Uh, and yeah. get a set of two d20s. Yeah, make sure you do because you're, you're going to want to roll with advantage and have a different color d20 for uh, you know each of those dice. So, all right, folks, thanks for joining us on this week's episode, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Bye.